Hey moms, I am so honored to share this space with you and to be able to welcome you to Beyond Motherhood Radio. Here we will talk all things motherhood and parenting, relationships, mindset, child development, and tapping into your purpose, all to help you live your most aligned and best life. My name is Brittany and I am married to my high school sweetheart, a mother to four children under the age of six, a certified parenting coach and former elementary school teacher turned stay-at-home mom. I'm on a mission to help you raise amazing human beings, live your purpose, and stay somewhat sane in the process. If you're ready to go beyond motherhood, let's jump in. Welcome back to Beyond Motherhood Radio. I am your host, Brittany LaJoy, and this is part two of two of anger and aggression. It is a quick tip Tuesday episode, so my goal here is to give you things that you can use today and get you on your way. So here we go. If you came back for part two of this little series, you ultimately want to solve the anger and aggression problem that you're facing, right? You might have gotten this far into the podcast and are still asking, yes, I'm hearing you, but my child is still aggressive and angry. So what can I actually do? First of all, like we see in ourselves, we can most likely see triggers in our children as well. So we're here to show them that releasing anger in hurtful ways does not actually help them though it may feel relieving in the moment. We're here to teach them sustainable modes of healthy aggression. And this will help to lay the neural pathways in the brain to fully support their emotional regulation. So here are some ways we can help our children. Number one, help them name and affirm their anger. This tactic can be used for all emotions that your child will exhibit. It is one of the most beneficial, although often foreign, at first, examples of how you can help your child access their calm. It might sound something like this. Feeling frustrated? I see you. It's safe. I'm here. I know you don't like it when I brush your teeth. Do you want to try first? Then I can show you how gentle I can be. I'll be as soft as I can. I know you don't like it when I do it rough. Being angry, it's normal. Me and your dad get angry too. Would you like to know how I get through my anger? I'm here to teach you. Number two, help them reflect. This can be done through direct conversation with children over the ages of six or seven. Their prefrontal cortex is more developed, but this can also be done through play with younger children. During moments of calm, invite the scenario back into your child's space and support their reflection. So with children under seven, role-playing with dolls or animals or even toy cars is more useful than a conversation. Act out this scenario. Explore through role-playing how the baby car, learn to self-reflect on their anger, and practice making a different choice next time. Personally, I like to use the term smart and safe choices when talking about situations in my home. I also use the same language as a teacher. Constantly share out loud when my child is making a smart or safe choice. This gives them verbal validation that I should be doing more of these things. And as I have previously mentioned, I like to share things randomly without Uh, without an agenda, so that the words of affirmation are constantly swirling in their little brains. Number three, teach them healthy aggression practices and try and figure out their possible sensory triggers. So we all have different sensory triggers and things that we crave. So for some of us, certain textures or sounds might be bothersome or overwhelming. For others, deep pressure or wrapping in a tight blanket, that can be really calming. So have fun exploring different sensory inputs with your child to figure out what irritates them, and also what helps to make them feel calm. Then find ways to avoid the irritating inputs as best as possible and to incorporate more of the sensory calming tools and inputs 
uh, into their regular life. Give them squishy balls and have them like make animal noises when they squeeze the balls, help them to self-soothe, to stop their hands or arms from hitting by teaching them when they feel their anger is rising, give them a hug or ask for help. Some children really need movement. And I see this so often go overlooked because especially in a classroom setting where there's a very strict routine and a schedule and we have lots of things to accomplish, we lack the movement piece. And oftentimes a simple stop, a simple break can, I don't, I want to go as far as to say eliminate some of the anger that has, that happens and gets built up in some of our kids. So having kids or students participate in a running game, jumping jacks, brain breaks, anything with intense momentum that can support this release. Invite them to dance to music with a strong beat so that they can learn to feel their healthy aggression and associate it with actual safety, which is not something that comes naturally as parents, as caregivers, right? Aggression is not something that's naturally associated with safety. Trust that they will develop these regulation skills over time, but it has to be consistently practiced within your home or your classroom. Number four, track triggers. Also with this, identify clues or cues. Clues or cues. I guess you could use both words there. Your child will most likely not be able to track their own triggers. Makes sense. It's often hard for adults to track their own triggers, right? Unless we're super intentional about it. And so helping our children to track their triggers is our job. If you know your child hits around nap time or becomes angry around bedtime, note that and make some adjustments as necessary. These adjustments can include changes in your routine, more one-on-one time around the belts of higher levels of emotion, more physicality, or whatever you know helps your child be seen and heard because these are their two most innate needs, being seen and being heard. Further, Emotions show up in our bodies in very different ways. So growing anxiety might feel like nausea or butterflies in the stomach. Frustration and anger might feel like tense muscles or a rise in body temperature. Work with your child to explore the signs and signals that their body gives them when they experience different emotions. Um, And if you don't know how to do this as a parent or caregiver, this is something that professionals can help you do. They can help you work through this. You can kind of give them an idea of what it looks like. And I often talk to people when they're having experiences with kids who are hitting or biting or pushing or shoving at daycare or even at school. And I ask them, the first question I always ask them is when is this happening and what is happening before the occasion or experience or hitting or whatever the situation is and what's happening directly after? What is the trigger that's surrounding the experience Because that is so, it's so telling. And if you're not able to do that yourself, if you're not able, if you're, if you're out of, if you're working or out of the home and you're not able to see your child in all of these situations, I encourage you to ask their caregiver, ask their daycare provider to literally track what's going on so that you can identify more of what it looks like and when it happens. These are huge clues. Number five, provide strong and secure limits. Remember, kids need and want limits. 
you can have limits without having a fight response to anger and approaching the situation with more anger or even violence. You can have limits without dismissing the anger and getting stuck in the flight response. And you can have limits without feeling powerless and helpless, as you might feel if you have a shrink response, a relationship with anger. And for tips and talk on boundary setting and why it is literally key to a common-centered home, please refer back to episode six. It's all about boundaries. So here are some phrases that might be helpful for you as you are trying to provide strong and secure limits. Yes, you are angry. And no, I am not willing to be hit. I am your teacher. I am here to guide you. I'm not willing to be hit. Ouch, this hurts. I'm going to help you and your body find peace. Number six, stay near. Let me be honest here. This one can be challenging. You are so heightened. Your body temperature is rising. Your kid is out of control. They might be yelling. And all you want to do is go into your own anger response. But this gets easier. Stay with your child. Give them space and time to feel. Sometimes I personally make it a game. How long can I sit here? How long can I allow them to access my calm? It's like a challenge. (laughs) You will get to learn your child really well in these moments. And it's actually quite fascinating. You will even get to see them and their mannerisms in a really cool and interesting way. So, for example, after one minute, screaming is going and going and going. My child will melt into a ball. And when they're in the ball, they seem to start to whimper a little bit. With reassurance that I'm still there, my child physically softens their body. And they might sprawl out, right? Arms out, legs out, just laying on the floor. After minute three, they might crawl closer to me. And by minute five, my child is in my lap and their anger has passed. If your child is able to tell you that they want space or it's not safe to be near them, honor that request, but also in that same moment, let them know that you're here and ready to help them when they're ready. We are all looking for ways to prevent anger or maybe ways to intervene before anger happens. It is the most undesirable emotion after all. So here are some ways to start prevention today. Empathy. Release your judgments and labels around the situation, around anger, around aggression in general. Release those judgments and labels. Commit to actively listening and commit to presence. Offer empathy. Time. Devote time to your child every day. Step into their universe, surrender your agenda, and commit yourself to them. Routine. Simplify your daily routine. Sounds easy, right? Simplifying your daily routine can create predictability. Something that I love to do is to let my child and children know what to expect the night before and go through our day together before bed. It's really, really helpful to set them up for feeling calm before they go to sleep. Create the safety. Make it known that in your home, in your arms, all feelings are welcome and that all needs are valid and worthy of expression. Physical touch. This need never fades. Never. Never. This need of physical touch never fades. And I think that's became so evident during COVID. Physical touch is one of the most powerful 
and transformative experiences for humans. Engaging in affection with your child, like, can I hold you? Or can I hold your hand? Or can I offer you a hug? This is something that's going to be so powerful in helping them to feel safe, seen, and heard. The last one to support prevention in anger and aggression here is play and laughter. And like many of these examples, this one does not always come easy to us because it's really foreign, especially if we were not able to express a lot of play and anger as kids. Engage in full body play. Engage in wrestling, tag, leapfrog, pillow fights, catching them in a blanket while they run around the house. This gets kids laughing and it will get you laughing too, which is medicine for releasing this pent-up energy. And with that, I want to offer you one last thing. You don't have a bad kid. You have a kid with needs. Anger and aggression are expressions of unmet needs. These emotions are not bad. They are primal and they are literally essential for living. As a caregiver, give yourself grace with your child and always go back to this question. What is my child asking for right now? They are learning and they need your help. I hope you have a beautiful week and I will see you next time. I hope you loved today's episode and if you did, would you share it with another mom friend? We cannot support each other enough these days and perhaps sharing this podcast will bring some light to someone else in your life. Feel free to leave a rating and review so that we can continue to have more important parenting conversations together. See you next time.